Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Successful Woman Radio Show brought to you by WomenAboutBiz.net, empowering you with the tools and resources to start and grow your very own business. Well, hello, this is Trina Newby, your host and business success coach, broadcasting to you live this Monday, October 28, 2018, and as always, bringing you inspiration, motivation, and ways to make your business, your dreams, and your ideas, guess what, a huge success. Well, ladies, it is Monday. It's a beautiful Monday, and I trust that you all had a fantastic weekend and that, of course, you took some time to joy pamper yourself. You took some time to bring joy into your life by doing those small things that make you feel warm and fuzzy, that make you smile and give you that warm, nice feeling. You know, I want to share with you quickly that as a reminder, as we are moving towards the end of the year, it's so important that you remember to take time for yourself. You know, you have to really just kind of take a deep breath and sit back and ask yourself this year from January until now, have I really loved myself in the way that I should have? Have I really been taking care of myself physically? Have I been taking care of myself mentally? Have I been developing those relationships that are so important to me? It's very, very key that you ask yourself those questions because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what makes you feel good about you that is most important. It's what you are doing to bless the lives of others that is most important. And so I want you to put that at the forefront of your mind as you are moving towards the end of the year. Many of you are already goal setting for 2020, doing your business strategy, setting your personal goals, your family goals. It's so important to, to assess that and take that into consideration. I also want to remind you that if you hadn't had the time to review your calendar and ensure that all activities and tasks scheduled are supporting your goals for this week, please make sure that you immediately do so following the show. You know, it is when we identify what it is that we want to experience by weekend, which is normally on a Friday, that we can then set all activities to support that. And sometimes in our calendars, we have so many things that are set on our calendar that we have a tendency to get confused about what's priority and what we should be doing. So one way to prevent all of that fuzziness, all of that unclarity, is to go ahead and make sure that your activities that are listed are supporting what it is you want to experience again by weekend, and normally that is going to be on a Friday. Now, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and usually what I try to do is on a Sunday evening is take a look at my schedule uh, before the week even gets started good, right? Usually Monday is the start of the work week, and so I'll, on Sunday, the first day of the week, I'll take a look at everything that's happening and say, well, what is it that I want to get done by Friday? Now, I do want to let all of you who are in business, of course, know this. If you haven't thought about this already, your number one goal 
should be to market your business and generate those leads, right? That's very key. Number two is it's all about the money, honey. It's all about what what kind of sales do I want to have by week end? What do I want to have in place? I mean, sometimes you're, depending on the price of your product, sometimes it's generating those leads, doing presentations so that you can then close the sale on those and see that money come in at least within a few days to a week, right? And sometimes it takes a little bit longer depending on what your strategies are, how you have everything priced and what you require as far as a percentage down or a full payment down, whatever it is that you require. But the thing that's most important is that you've got to have your hands and your mindset on marketing, generating leads, and bringing in the money. That's very important. And for women, we have a tendency to allow that to go by the wayside, right? We have a tendency to, to maybe do the marketing but not really have our minds on our on the money that's coming in, or we have a tendency to say, yes, I want to generate a lead, but then we allow closing the sale to fall through the cracks. And so, again, I'm going to be talking about that in just a little bit. So, again, I want to welcome all of you to the show. You know, um, it's kind of been a hit or, hit or miss lately with uh, doing the Facebook Live. Um I actually said, oh, my goodness, i got to go put my clothes on. i got to uh, spruce up my face a little bit because I cancel my Facebook Live. Let me test it. So what I've been doing is testing Facebook Live uh, when I want to simultaneously do both my blog talk radio and my Facebook. Um, and so what I did was I tested to see if I could get on, and for some reason I wasn't able to type into my Facebook Live um, settings so that I can even set up the Facebook Live. And others have been telling me that it's been a hit or miss for them as well lately. And I think what's going on is Facebook is doing so much testing on the different features that they have that a lot of the times they have so much control over that that if um, they are working on a component of the Live, Facebook Live, we will never know it because they don't really put out messages or say, hey, Facebook is getting ready to work on live. So if you're experiencing difficulties, that's why. They, they don't tell you that. And that's something that a lot of us who are in small business are, are demanding of Facebook is to improve their customer service and to have a better system um, for people being able to not only report issues, but for people to be able to talk with support. Now, I'm sure many of us who like the Facebook platform don't have an issue with paying a monthly fee for customer support. However, Facebook is slow to bring out those memberships that they have been talking about now for about two years. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I share all of that behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on with me because I am in business to help you be better in business. And so I want to share things with you that if I'm having a hiccup with it, you need to know about it as well. So also I want to remind you, if you're planning on doing a Facebook Live and a blog talk um, radio show simultaneously, you also have to be aware that you need to have a high bandwidth in order to do it because that can cause technical difficulties too when your streaming isn't um, clear, when your bandwidth, the amount of the strength of your Internet frequency isn't strong enough to hold both 
the blog talk platform and the Facebook platform. One will shut down the other. And so you have to be very, very careful with that. So when you're doing, you know, a, a radio show or your podcast on the fly and you're wanting to also do it live, be careful about that because it will cause a lot of technical difficulties. So that's for those of you that are interested in doing um, a radio show and also a Facebook Live at the same time. Well, I want to move forward because I have a lot of things I want to share with you today, and uh, the show is going to be cut a little bit short. We normally do the show at 12 noon every Monday and end by 1. So we are going to be ending a little bit early, probably at about 1.15. And so for those of you that have to go at 1, we totally understand, but don't forget to listen to the previous broadcast um, on tomorrow for today, okay? Now, we've got a good lineup for you in this next 30 minutes. We're going to be talking about the five questions of leadership and authority. I'm going to go ahead and give you some wonderful holiday marketing tips, which I think are very key because the holiday is coming up. It's right around the corner. And um, guess what? It's not only right around the corner, but for individuals who are planning on marketing and doing some type of campaign, you're actually a little bit behind. However, better late than never, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you just kind of, you can't always look at what you didn't do. You have to be all about solutions and move forward and make it happen now. And so, again, this is very, very key. So I've been sharing things about holiday marketing for like the last few weeks now, and um, I want to make sure that you guys understand that no matter what type of business you have, you can create a holiday marketing campaign and be effective with it as well. Now, you may have to or probably should spend some marketing dollars um, boosting your Facebook post, um, boosting and doing some Facebook ads, right? But altogether, holiday marketing is indeed very, very important. So let's go ahead and also look at a couple of other things that we're going to be talking about. I'm going to give you a book excerpt from the book Letting Go of Your Bananas by Dr. Daniel T. Drubin. Um, this, this week, this particular part of the book is very important because as you begin to have um, an evaluate your life, where you're going, what your vision is, what's going to happen for next year and your goals, there's a lot that you reflect on. And so today I'm going to be talking about the dash of life, and this is key number two in the book, Letting Go of Your Bananas. And then, of course, I will be ending the show today, the last 10 uh, minutes of the show, 12 minutes, I'll be talking about marketing starts with your mindset. You know, we talked about a little bit at the beginning as we set the pace for this week's theme, this month's theme, marketing your business can't do without it. However, I want to go back over that because marketing really does start with your mindset. And, you know, no matter how many strategies, tips, techniques, and all of the things that you see out there for marketing, the one thing that you need to know and understand is that if your mindset isn't clear on how important marketing is for you, nothing is going to work, okay? I can guarantee you that. You know, so I think that's important. I think that's very, very key. Um, and I felt that it was important enough to talk with you about it 
again on today's show. And so later, we'll talk about marketing starts with the mindset. But right now, let's go ahead and dig into the five questions of leadership and authority. Here's number one. Am I clear on my role as CEO of my company? Again, am I clear on my role as CEO of my company? This means that you are not only clear on your role, but you can look down at a piece of paper and actually see your position description. You can see if it's changed at all. You can look at what that means for you, what you should be doing as the CEO. Um, and, And that's very key. Because without a position description, there is no clarity, right? So it's no use in anyone saying that I'm pretty clear in my head of what my marketing position is about. You need to have it written down, okay, ladies? And then number two is what are my business priorities? As the CEO, you should be knowing what you, you are doing on a daily basis every, every day, every week, every month. What are your priorities? What are you supposed to be doing? And some of the things to kind of spark that is what, do you, what should you be doing in marketing and sales? What type of tasks do you need to be implementing? And then the question number three is, do I have a bird's eye view over my daily workflow? That is so very, very key. And one of the things I find out is, I have found out is that when you don't have a bird's eye view over your daily workflow, things really do fall through the cracks. I'll be transparent here and say that's been happening to me this last week or two as I'm, you know, working and helping a client on their stuff. I have been allowing some things for my business to fall through the cracks. And, of course, it's always an aha moment for me because I say, you know what, I need to remind my clients, I need to remind the Successful Women Radio listeners about the importance of that bird's eye view. When you fail every morning to look at what it is that you need to be taken care of for the day. And if you look at your goals for every Friday, what is it that you hope to accomplish by weekend, it is going to automatically remind you of things that have to get done. It sets you into a prioritized mindset, right? And so then everything else will have to be left alone because you've got to be able to focus on what it is that you said you want to do. Now, I know this sounds really simple, right? You know, you know, Trina harps on this a lot and she talks about it, but what I have found is that it is usually the most simple of things that are the most complex for us to actually implement and do. Why that is, I'm not quite sure. Well, maybe somebody will want to look that up um, out, of, out of an interest in that and find out why is it that simple things become the most complex and it's hard for us to get it done. But it's very, very true. And what I have learned is to encourage my clients to say, you know, look, if you go ahead and, and ask yourself, what do I want to experience by Friday, you identify all the tasks that's necessary to make that happen, right, and you try it. Watch and see how you're going to make more money. You're going to make more money because you're going to be focused on sales and marketing, which, by the way, is the most important thing you should be 
focusing on because through that, all other things happen. Leads are generated. You get the opportunity to then through the leads close the sale. Because of the sale, you get to put more money back into marketing. You get to uh, enhance your business and do some things that, that are important to you personally. So, again, this marketing is, is a big deal. Now, here's number four. Am I allowing my power team to work for me in helping to execute my daily workflow? You know, this power team is real. This, this power team concept, very, very real. And what a power team is is your support network of contractors or other individuals who may have expertise. They may have their own business. But when you need them, you have already pre-established a relationship with them. They are familiar with who you are in your business so that when you need them, you can send a task to them and they can handle it. They can, they can say, yes, I can take care of this for you. That's what a power team is all about. So that frees you up to then do what you do best, okay, whatever you've identified that to be as the owner and CEO of your company. And then, of course, number five, last but not least in the five questions of leadership and authority is do I have a delegation system in place to activate my power team? Again, do I have a delegation system in place to activate my power team? Delegation is very key. And one of the things I, I definitely encourage all of you to stray away from is do not ever abdicate anything. Abdication means to hand it over, to hand it over without accountability, without follow-up, or, or with poor follow-up, right? Very, very key. I also want to remind you of something that, you know, in working with several of my clients, uh, lately, I realized that some people have an, uh, a thought or an idea that they are not supposed to actually review material or review information or look over things, that if they have a power team in place, that that power team is supposed to just hand them something that's supposed to be perfect every time or it shouldn't take much time. And I'm going to let you know that, that that's partially not correct. It's not the correct way to think about things. As the CEO, as the owner, your responsibility, of course, is to identify a group of people that can support you, but at the same time, your responsibility is to follow up and hold those individuals accountable. Even if you have other people in place that are going to help you with that, you are still indeed responsible for that as well. In addition to that, it's going to be very key for you to always block amount of time on your calendar to give review time, to make sure that you are giving enough time to review whatever work is coming from your power team to review, whether that's graphics, whether it's website, whether it is some other project that needs to be put in place and implemented. Remember, you are always responsible for reviewing everything in your business and making sure that it is what you want. Even if you have somebody else assisting you to make sure things are being done, you ultimately are the end reviewer. Case in point, you take a CEO over a large company, they may have vice presidents, they may have managers um, in place, they have supervisors in place, and those individuals are responsible for managing the various departments in a larger company. They're responsible for uh, carrying out the task and getting those things implemented. The managers are responsible for supervising or what have you. However, at 
the company's senior officer meeting, which may consist of senior managers, vice presidents, and the CEO, each of those department heads are going to present what they are working on and what the progress or the steps are. Now, when they are presenting that, they have been completely over that and showing the, you know, showing uh, the CEO. But if the CEO sees something that he or she does not like, they may say, scratch all of that and go back to the drawing board. I don't like this at all. Then it's up to that vice president who, who has been spearheading that to trickle that down to the managers, to the senior uh, supervisors, to then to the junior supervisors, onto the laborers, the individuals who are implementing and getting everything done, right? So the CEO has never relinquished of, of, of reviewing anything. The CEO is responsible for knowing everything going on in the business, which is why the CEO's role is a very report-oriented role, okay? This is why also I say when you are doing your position description, you know, to ask if you're hiring a CEO and then ask yourself, what are the types of reports that I need to see generated that are going to make me feel comfortable and know that this person is running my company properly? I want to see a sales report. I want to see a leads report. I want to know how the various pro uh, marketing projects and tasks are going to help this company to grow. I want to um, see – I want to see the – for example, the uh, model, prototype models on different products that we've come up with, I want to see those. So this is why it's so important for you, again, to understand that it's not just about delegating, which was the last of the five questions of leadership and authority. It's not just about delegating. It is also about understanding your responsibility that along with delegation comes follow-up and accountability and reviewing the work that has been done and, and giving it final approval. That is key, hands down. And anybody who is an owner or a CEO that gets frustrated because their staff or individuals come to them all the time and uh, asking them questions or wanting clarity or wanting them to reduce something and they're acting like they don't have time to do it, anytime that kind of thing is going on, that's a bad situation because you now have a CEO of a company or owner of a company who is not in tune to their own position and what they should be doing. And they have a false idea of what it is to be an owner or a CEO. And I want you guys to keep that in mind. So there you have it, five questions of leadership and authority. If you ask yourself these questions as often as you need to and you, and you act upon the answers, the answers are going to lead you into improving your company and into implementing things, coming up with new strategies, new techniques, new ways of doing things that are going to help you to grow. And, of course, these questions are CEO questions. These are for you, the business owner. And no matter how small your business, how big your business, it doesn't really matter, you really need to be asking yourself these five questions of leadership and authority. Coming up, I want to go ahead and give you guys some holiday marketing tips. I've talked all about holiday marketing for the last few weeks and how um, it, important it is that no matter what business you have, you should actually be doing a holiday marketing campaign. Let's say, for example, 
if you are a businesswoman but you really haven't been in business for a long time um, or you haven't really been pushing your products or your services and you want to do something to get back out there, you can always figure out something that's relevant to the holiday that's a moonlighting. Say, for example, if you love baking pound cakes, for, for uh, instance, that would be a beautiful thing to, to push that out. If you do homemade pound cakes, that might be something people are interested in purchasing for the holiday season. What if you do gift baskets? That, you know, you can come up with a holiday thing gift basket, right? If you're needing to make additional streams of income, there, there are always things that you can do. Um, but what I want to let you know right now is that you are running up on a deadline because we are headed towards the first week of November and you should be ready to market and push things and get them out there. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show or you haven't listened to the show in a while, know that you can go to womenaboutbiz.net. Again, that's womenaboutbiz, B-I-Z as in zebra, um, and go on there, and there is an article I have called Five Ways to Market Your Business During the Holidays. And what you really should do is read that article because it really gives you a good foundation and helps you to create a checklist and an outline for what needs to get done as you prepare your holiday campaign. So if you haven't done a campaign before, this article certainly will act as a good core foundation for you to create your campaign. It talks about selecting your star product or service, preparing your marketing campaign, talks about using the power of video, planning your holiday social events, setting up your Black Friday text messages, and much more. So again, make sure you go to womenaboutbiz.net and read the article in our blog, Five Ways to Market Your Business During the Holidays. I know that you are certainly going to enjoy that particular article. I would definitely want to say out of all of the information in that particular article, I want to remind you guys that if you have not selected your star product or service, you very well may want to. And so I just want to read that portion of the article. Now, it says while you might want to have a sale on multiple products or services during this time of year, you need to have one product or service that you'll use to draw in the crowd and build a campaign around. It will be your star product or service, and usually it will have a deeper discount than all of the other products or services you offer. Make sure you have some good digital images of your product. If you will be featuring a service, work with your graphic designer to create two or three different digital image representations of your service. Both types of images should have a holiday background or theme incorporated. And then also, make sure you have an attractive description that will bring value to your customer or client. Stay away from providing just the features, but What's the benefit of having this product or service? That's what you want to do is you always want to focus on the benefit of what it's going to be to the customer. And then how will it help beautify, relieve, or enhance, okay? Very, very key. So I read just that first section of five ways to get started with your holiday marketing. And, again, you can find that article in our blog on womenaboutbiz.net. But I want to give you guys quickly some other um, ideas as well, okay? I want you guys to 
think about creating some holiday coupons. Holiday coupons are really, really good. Uh, if the coupons are worth it, you know, 5% and 10%, eh, it's not really capturing people. However, if people see that they can get a massage that's regular $50 and they can get it for $35, oh, they, they may take you up on that. If a person sees that it normally costs uh, $50 to $75 for a color for your hair, with a hairstylist, and if you get their holiday coupon, um, it's going to be only, you know, like 35 40 bucks. Yes, they're going to be interested in that. So, again, that is very, very key, and coupons work really well with your current customers. And I want to point that out because a lot of people do coupons, and they start handing out coupons, and they wonder why they aren't getting any response. So I want to let you know that coupons don't necessarily work as well with individuals that you don't know unless it's a hot item or service in demand and people are used to paying a lot more for it and you feel confident that you can handle the volume and you can provide it at a much lower rate, then you might be able to do some big uh, discount blitz where that's going to happen. However, don't forget that 80% of your business is going to come from 20% of your customers. And so I think, I'm sorry, I think that it's very key for you to really focus on your customers as well as people who don't know who you are yet. I think, you're, I think you really should do maybe like a 60-40 kind of a split. 60% of your holiday marketing campaign, if you already have an established clientele or a customer base, 60% of your marketing campaign should be focused on current customers, right? Because they have spent with you. They know who you are. And so you can develop in a very short period of time a video story about your holiday campaign. You can send them special short emails letting them know, hey, uh, stay tuned to your email, a video link is coming. You can let them know a lot of things about what's getting ready to come, what's in store for the holiday season for them as your customers. You can also give them um, nice gifts and values. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it can be things that make them have that warm and fuzzy feeling to say, I like this person. They always think of me or I really appreciate them thinking of me during the holiday season. If your clientele or customer base is women-oriented, one of the biggest things that women deal with is a lot of stress during the holiday season. They've got family over. They're trying to run a business, many of them. Um, and so, again, you know, doing things like giving them a holiday recipe, you know, giving them a, a link to an article on the best way to prepare your Thanksgiving meal. See, these are things that women are going to be interested in for the most part. So, again, if, if your target audience is primarily female, there are a lot of wonderful things that you can do to attract them. Very, very key. Uh, if your target audience has uh, even 50-50 men and women, you still can give recipes, uh, but you can also talk about family time and spending time with the one you love. That's very, very key. And men like a lot of tips on gift ideas for women, and women like tips on gift ideas for men. And so if you have an email where you kind of do uh, a, a Mars versus Venus kind of thing and give like uh, holiday gift ideas under each category in kind of like a two-column chart, people would be interested in seeing that as well. So what I'm trying to say here is that 
you really do have to focus on your current customer, right? I know a lot of people in their mind are thinking, oh, it's the holiday season, and during this time of the year, I can really try to attract a whole lot of people that don't know me and don't know what I do. And for the most part, that could be true. However, don't forget that the diamonds are always in your own backyard. Your current customers are already there. So keep that in mind, okay? I also want to give you some other uh, marketing tips that I read on leadpages.net. They had a really good article on how to end the year on a high note, 10 holiday marketing tips for small businesses, and I thought I would share uh, a few of these, okay? So they say if you're a blogger, you definitely are an influencer. You definitely want to go with holiday gift guides as a lead-in to something that you may have. Um, you also may want to highlight different charitable organizations or donations with a sale. So for every one of these that you purchase, I'm going to donate to this particular organization. So that's really good as well. And then you can also host a gift giveaway on social media. Now, this one I really like, so let me just read this to you. It says, social media Christmas campaigns like giveaways and contests can ignite a ton of activity, especially during the scramble to find the perfect gift. Use your business social media and email channels to launch a giveaway contest and invite people to participate. Just be sure to carefully spell out the parameters and requirements of the contest or giveaway for legal purposes. So, again, this is a gift giveaway, okay? And, you know, you can spend on a gift giveaway anywhere. I would say spend anywhere between 25 to 100 uh, well, I would say $25 to $200. Like, for example, I saw on Amazon where they had these incredible refurbished Apple MacBooks for, I think it was like $239. That's a good deal for Apple MacBooks. It's a name brand product. Uh, you can pair it with a gift giveaway and uh, use that as a gift giveaway all throughout the holiday season. So if you purchase from my company, uh, if you purchase a gift, this is going to be a gift giveaway. And you can also do kind of like a triple type of campaign where it's not only a gift giveaway uh, and it's not only an item for sale, but a percentage of that item that's for sale that they purchase is also it could go towards uh, a nonprofit organization or a charitable campaign as well. So I think that's really, really exciting when you look at that, okay? Um, one of the other things that, and I'm really big on this, I love this particular idea from Lead Pages. They say dress up your website and social media channels. So even if you only do business online, they say you can still show off your holiday spirit um, and you can dress up your social media properties, your Facebook groups, your, your website, dress them up. Most people love to get in the holiday spirit, plus it shows they say, a brand personality, which consumers really love. So definitely think about that. Um, and you want to pay attention to the other sites that are gearing up. Go on Macy's.com. Uh, they're already gearing up for the holidays. Look at NemaMarcus.com. Look at some of the big guys and see uh, how they are actually dressing up their website. So it's very, very key. I thought this one was very interesting as well. Create a seasonal lead magnet. 
The article says, now is the time to create fresh and new content, wrap it in some seasonal branding, and launch a limited-time-only lead magnet. You can create a lead magnet to attract high-quality, build trust by helping your prospects navigate a problem or offer a useful resource. Create a holiday-inspired lead magnet can help grow an email list and nurture leads into sales as well. Just make sure the lead magnet tackles the following. So this was the key part that I really highlighted, that it's action-driven. To generate interested leads, it's important to give away free goodies. It offers a benefit. Lead magnets should provide useful information your audience can apply, and it's relevant. It solves your target audience's main problem. So don't forget that, right? And so again, these tips that I'm just now giving you come from the article, How to End the Year on a High Note, 10 Holiday Marketing Tips for Small Businesses. And you can Google that and read that at leadpages.net, one of my favorite websites. I think they have a great service. And so you definitely want to check them out. Um, I want to go ahead and I want to read something to you quickly from Letting Go of Your Bananas, and then I'll go into just for a few minutes talking about, you know, marketing and your mindset, and that's what you need to focus on first, okay, when you're talking about marketing. But let's go ahead and look at this excerpt from the book Letting Go of Your Bananas, key number two, The Dash of Life. The author, Dr. Daniel P. Druden, says, when was your last visit to the cemetery? Yeah, you heard it right. When was the last visit to the cemetery? Yes. The cemetery, you know, the last time you visited someone's grave site. In all likelihood, you stood at the foot of someone's grave and read the words and dates that were etched in the granite. I have always wondered how a few words, numbers, or comments etched in stone could define who a person was, what they stood for and accomplished whose life they influence, or the content or quality of that individual's life. You and I both know that there is so much more to the story than the words in the granite that it tells us. As you stare into stone, you notice the name. Is that what will define your life, your name? Not likely, although some names do become synonymous with accomplishments, either positive or negative. He says, will the specific date you were born or the date you died define your life? Probably not. He says the most important information on the stone tends to be the least noticed item on the stone, and that is the dash. The next time you visit the cemetery to visit a loved one, just focus on the dash. In reality, it's the only thing that really matters. Let me experience, Let me explain. He says one day a friend I had not seen for quite a while approached me and asked, how's your dash going? I had absolutely no clue what he was speaking about, so when I said, my what? He said, you're dash. You know, how's your dash? Still totally lost and beginning to think more about the dashboard of my auto or about running races than living life, I asked him what he was talking about, and he continued, your dash, your dash of life. Enjoying my total confusion, he went on to explain that everyone is born with two dates, the date of their birth and the date of their death. Although you know the date you were born, you will never know the day of your death. Trust me, there will be the day when you no longer exist in your present form, and two dates will define your time on this planet. He said that he said that businesses like people also came with two dates: the date the business began and the date the business will cease to exist. He then explained to me that the day of your birth, or the inception of your business, or the day that you die, or the death of your business, is meaningless 
compared to the dash that lies between the two dates. He referred to this as the dash of life. Though seldom notice, when you stop to consider the quality of life's accomplishments, the only thing that really matters is the dash between the two dates. So while two dates are important, the dash between the dates signifies all events of your entire life. Your dash is truly defining about what you want in life and how you lived your life how you have served others, and the impact you have had on the people who matter most to you and the world in general. It's your own personal dash of life, and no two dashes are exactly the same. The dash of life is your dash and yours alone. It is a direct reflection of the choices you have made and the decisions you have chosen to act upon. So you see, it's not what you take away from life that will ultimately define your existence. It's what you have brought to the party of life that makes you special to yourself and special to others. Now, ladies, ain't that the truth? So I ask to you all, what is your dash? What is your dash? What do you want for your business, right? What do you want for your life? It's so important as we come to the end, towards the end of this year, to want to know what the dash is. And that's what you should be focusing on is the dash. God says to live each day as though it were your last, which means that each day you should wake up grateful. Each day you should wake up taking a deep breath and looking at all the beauty around you and looking for the positive and never the negative. Keep that in mind, my sisters, as you move towards the end of this year in planning your goals, in planning what it is that you want to do, and, of course, always but always be true to thine own self. What is your dash? Last but not least, I want to go ahead and I want to talk about marketing starts with your mindset. This is very key because what I began to realize is that uh, you can understand marketing concepts all day long. People will talk about doing more videos, doing social media, doing um, more blog talk, radio shows, doing Facebook ads, boosting Facebook ads, and the list goes on and on about what people talk about when it comes to marketing. However, this is something that I want you guys to really understand. If you get nothing else from me this year, I think I want you to get this because It is vital to your business success and vital to your business growth. That is, you have to get your mindset straight on marketing. If you haven't taken any one-on-one marketing classes lately, if you have not updated yourself with how marketing can impact your business and help your business to grow, I would say back to the drawing board you go. You've got to set your foundation first with your very own mindset because it's going to require some commitment from you, right? Marketing is very, very key, and the commitment level required is essential. And so before you actually start trying to even create your holiday campaign, the first thing in mindset is that you have to make sure that you um, not only have a marketing outline, but that you are committed to seeing that marketing outline all the way through. That means that you have to implement that as well, and I think that's very, very key. So I want you guys to consider that and understand that, okay? The next thing I think is very key is 
after you have made a time commitment and that you are going to keep moving forward with your marketing, you've got to be consistent with your marketing. Consistency, inconsistency will kill any type of money coming into your business because people develop relationships with you through marketing and branding, right? And when they don't see or hear from you in a long time or they don't know what's going on in your business or what have you, they like the product and they, they hope to hear more from you about the product, but it's been months or weeks, that's not going to help you. So you have to be consistent, but you've got to understand why is consistency so important? What is the psychological factor involving consistency with marketing my business? And then, of course, I think even if you have somebody else to implement your marketing strategies for you, you've got to definitely understand what's going on. What is the funnel system? What the heck is that, Right. You've got to understand what happens from the beginning until someone responds. You've got to know that all of that in between has to do with your funnel system and how you are communicating with your prospects and your leads, okay? Very, very key. And then, of course, you've got to have your mindset also on understanding that you cannot just organically, that means without money, market your business and expect a overwhelming result. You also need to invest money into advertising and marketing your business. I've said it before, and a lot of people don't plan for a marketing budget, but the rule of thumb is normally however much money you want to bring in, you need to have at least 5 to 10% of that for marketing. So if you wanted to bring in $100,000, you're going to need $10,000 um, to at, at minimum to market your business. If you want to bring in $50,000, you're going to need $5,000 to at least have some type of marketing budget for your business. So I want to definitely just make sure you guys understand how important your mindset is to marketing. Maybe you've never really looked at it. I mean, you hear about marketing. Everybody talks about marketing is the cornerstone of small business. Everybody knows that they've got to do some kind of marketing. But I don't think a lot of times as women, we really count the cost of what's needed from us regarding marketing and how we have to ensure, make sure that marketing is going on at all times. It is the lifeblood. Forget Cornerstone, it's the lifeblood of your business. And if you don't get a grip and truly receive it for what it is and understand how valuable marketing is and how it should be at the top of your priority list every single day, you are not going to grow to the capacity that you should be growing. And I, I just wanted to lay that with you today. We're going to continue on. I believe that we um, will be ending this week, and I'm going to be doing a special broadcast. You'll be hearing about it from me. I'm going to be doing a special broadcast coming up. Uh, before the month ends, probably on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and I'm going to be talking all about the strategy for 2020 and what you need to do to make that happen. So stay tuned to your emails and texts uh, as we look forward to letting you guys know more about that information. As I bring this show to a close, as always, it is my desire to provide information to you that will help you to grow, be successful, generate a six-figure-plus income. So I certainly hope something that I have said today will encourage you to become the best businesswoman that you possibly can be. Stay 
tuned for next Monday as we start a new month in the month of November, and I look forward to connecting with you all through our Facebook group at Women About Biz. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.